Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, <laughs> how you doing, man? What's up, Henry? I just realized you keep calling me the man in every episode. <laughs> um, not well, a are, self-proclaimed title, but... You are the man. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so um, big weekend in TV that just passed. Lots of great TV happening. Yeah, so today is Wednesday, August 23rd. This last weekend, we saw the full release of the Netflix series, The Defenders, highly, highly anticipated. And the whole season was made available, as uh, it always is. Uh, with Netflix and both you and I we finished it yeah you know I noticed a lot of people binge this one more so than all of the previous Marvel Netflix stuff probably because it's eight episodes so it's easier to digest that's totally not surprising to me because yeah number one it was a shorter season Uh, all four or all five previous Marvel Netflix series were 13 episodes so Defenders was eight. But also, I mean, there's anticipation. So this was basically the equivalent, the TV equivalent of the Avengers. You know, this was the big, you know, coming together, the big superhero team up that a lot of people were uh, waiting for. Yeah, this right? was the big gala, the big ball. Yeah. And not to be outdone, uh, episode six of Game of Thrones released as well. And this was... You know, not the season finale, but, I mean, it was pretty epic. Man, they are upping their game every weekend. I keep thinking to myself, how are they going to top it next weekend? But they've they've been managing to do that. Yeah, they've been LA. setting the bar really high. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll, 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 talk about, we'll talk about both Defenders and Game of Thrones. So, um, yeah, let's start with Defenders. So, yeah. So, um, so I'm glad we were both able to to watch the whole season so we can talk about it mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, in, in, uh, comprehensively. In its entirety and spoiler warning for anyone tuning in. Yeah, big time spoiler alert. We'll go into all the nitty gritty details, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't know, just initial thoughts. Y- you just finished this last night, right? Yeah, I binged the first four. Uh, the remaining two I split, or the remaining four I split in half. Okay. Um, you know, with Daredevil, with, with all the other ones, I, I took my time with it because yeah. I wanted to enjoy it in stride. Yeah. But I quickly realized everyone was finishing it <laughs> the day of release. And, oh. you know, I had to run away from spoilers everywhere. So, FOMO. Yeah. yeah so right? I wanted to get ahead of this one and yeah. uh, not, you know, not be spoiled. Uh, and But it was it was much easier to do so. I mean, the, the runtime was a little shorter, I noticed, for a lot of episodes. There were like 45 minutes as opposed to a solid hour that most of the other yeah. Marvel shows had. Um, I don't yeah. know, maybe they're, maybe they're fitting it for TV, I wonder, like <laughs> making room for commercial spots. I don't know. They moved, this moved along pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It, it, went, it went by fast. Yeah, yeah. But my initial thoughts, yeah, this was the, this was the coming together of, this was the big payoff of, the, uh, of Jessica Jones, Daredevil, 
Luke Cage, Iron Fist coming together. Yeah. And it very much had a ver- uh, the, the feel of the Avengers coming together. Even the, mu- yeah. I don't know if you noticed the musical score, but it had that very epic tone. I felt that too. Yep. Those shots yep. where they were all standing together, that music that was yeah. composed, it was very Avenger-ish. Yeah. Now, did it quite, did it meet the Avengers level, uh, you know, uniting together these big heroes? It fell a little short for me. Yeah. I yes, I mean it's it's hard to compare it with the Avengers just because that seems it's kind of another level. But yeah, you, but you can't help but compare a bit because all the things you said, there's a lot of similarities in how they're putting this together, and you know, like the music, like you said, and just like a lot of the the shots were were reminiscent. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it; it was fun, but it did fall a little short. And you're right, it's not quite the cinematic universe that Marvel Universe or, you know, that the Avengers movies are. Yeah. But but Netflix has a unique opportunity here to flesh out these stories over a period of separate episodes. So you're getting yeah. a lot of mini-movies, uh, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. And again, while it was fun, it felt, it felt like it fell a little short. You know, I have to say I agree, you know, like if it could have been better. I felt that it really could have been better. Um, but yeah, before we go on to my thoughts, uh, I mean, since it's so fresh in your mind, um, any specifics, like, like what, what kind of fell short for you? Well, let me start with what I, I did like. Okay. Okay. I did like the meeting between the Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Yeah. Their first interaction when they first, they, when they, their, their first scene together is essentially a fight. Yeah. And you see the Iron Fist in in his full glory with his glowing hand, and Luke Cage, his uh, stature as a building that can't be moved or shot yeah. through. Yeah. And you see both of them in full glory. Yeah, that scene, man. I, I don't think they've could they could have done that scene better. The meeting of Power Man and Iron Fist. It but it great. took a, it took a little while to get there though. That was an episode yeah. maybe three or it was two, but two? it was the end of two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it there was some there was some build up to that. Yeah. And it was interesting too how it started off. Um, it started off actually with the Iron Fist. The, you mean the the very beginning the of the series? The very beginning of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, the, the first scene was Iron Fist versus Elektra. Mm-hmm. That just kind of threw you right in there. Um, so pretty interesting. Let's see what else did I like. Every 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 fight I thought they did a, a pretty good job with. The, the trailer fight where they're fighting in the uh, Midland Circle building. Oh, yeah. That was probably one yeah. of the best fights of the series. Yeah, when they first come together, right? Because, yeah. So, yeah. And, and at that point, you know, every every character was, you know, showing their strengths mm-hmm. and what they were contributing to the team. Yeah. Although the thing that was blaringly, you know, uh, sticking out were a lot of the inconsistencies with Luke Cage's power yeah. and Jessica Jones's powers. Yeah. Because <laughs> here you're seeing you know, seemingly normal henchmen, like taking shots at Luke Cage. Yeah. Like pushing his, pushing his jaw when he's getting punched. Mm -hmm. Um, Jessica Jones getting pushed around. I would have liked to have seen them a little more solid. (laughs) I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Because with Luke Cage, there's that one scene where, 
a thug takes a shot at him and he breaks his own yeah. hand trying to in, punch him in, in the Luke face. In Luke Cage's own show. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember it well. Like, the dude breaks his hand trying to punch Luke Cage. So I'm like, it, what happened? Did he get soft? Yeah, it cut to defenders where, like, these henchmen are able to, like, stun him with punches. You know, they're not knocking him out, but still a stark contrast. So, yeah, that, 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 that annoyed me, too. There were a lot of inconsistencies like that. I can understand Elektra um, or uh, Gao, anyone, to, anyone that has some level of power yeah. or, or a higher level of training to be able to, you know, get, get a one-up on them. Yeah. But some of the no-name henchmen, just the hired <laughs> guns, were, yeah. were, were getting their licks. That didn't make sense. That did not make sense. <laughs> And yeah, like, I mean, I would argue not even, like, any amount of training, like, the, 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 what, has, what Luke Cage has proven is that he's just, he's like a brick wall, you know? Um, like, l- that's why I like that, the first meeting of, of Danny and Luke so much, because, dude, Iron Fist is throwing everything he's got at Luke Cage, and nothing is happening. And that is consistent with what we've seen before. You know, Luke Cage is this immovable object. It's not until... Iron Fist summons his Iron Fist where he actually can do some damage. But what doesn't make sense is, you know, just random henchmen or, you know, even someone with, like, martial arts training. It doesn't matter how much you've trained. You're not going to be able to harm a guy who, like, someone breaks their hand trying to punch out, you know? Um, With, like, yeah, with Gao, with Elektra, they seem to have something else. Like, they have these powers. Like, Elektra... Before she she died in Daredevil season two, it seemed like, you know, she's highly skilled, highly trained, but she doesn't have superpowers. I, it feels like she has some superpowers here in Defenders. It, it's right? still a little muddy for me as as far as what she is. Is she so she's got super strength, right? <laughs> I, it seems like that to me, but it's definitely not explained. But she can't take a bullet like Luke Cage. <laughs> doesn't look like it. Yeah, there's 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 some stuff that's just we don't know. You know, her, she's named Black Sky here, right? And it seems like the Black Sky does have some superhuman abilities. Oh, wait, sorry. I was talking about Jessica Jones, not Oh, Electra. Jessica Jones. Okay, yeah, yeah no, no. Yeah, um, correct. She has super strength, but she's not invulner- vulnerable. Like, uh, so she can get Cage. shot and she can get cut. Yes, yeah. And we saw that on her show. You know, she, yeah. she can't take a bullet. But she know? can take a punch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think... I feel like it's a it's a gray area here. <laughs> there's all kinds of gray area, but she's definitely not having to focus her chi. Uh, yeah, there's there's that. <laughs> oh man, Daniel Rand. Okay, so like I I didn't have too much of a uh I, I didn't have too many harsh things to say about uh, Iron Fist the series. Although Danny Rand in The Defenders, I feel like highlighted a lot of things that I see why people have issues with that with Finn Jones as Danny Rand. Okay, yeah, go ahead. He's constantly name-dropping himself <laughs> to this <laughs> yeah, day. And yeah. at this point, you would think that he's come out of, you know, he's come out of hiding and everyone knows that he's this public figure of, uh, of Rand Enterprises. So you would think that he's, he's kind of a publicly, f- you know, known figure, mm-hmm. but he's still constantly telling people, I'm Danny Rand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Danny Rand. I'm the immortal Iron Fist over and over right and the way that he delivers his dialogue it's just like it's almost as if he's reading right off the script when when they're yelling action that's the thing it doesn't <laughs> feel like i don't feel like it's coming from like uh, a real place when when mm. he's delivering his dialogue it almost seems like maybe they should just 
ease back on the dialogue they give him and let <laughs> let him show his physicality as the Iron Fist. Interesting. Like I, I thought Elodie Young, uh, the the girl who plays Elektra, I I thought she was the the breakout star in in mm. the Defenders. She was. Uh, I mean, it, well, yeah, with Elektra. And this is a spoiler, but yeah, she turns out to be the big bad of the show. Yeah, yeah, she know? was the the shining light for me in this one. Like her dialogue was perfect, her action scenes were awesome, uh, her interaction with uh, Alexandra. Is that her name, Alexandra? Uh, Alexandra, yeah. Um, Sigourney played Weaver. by Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, like that whole dynamic was interesting to me. I really like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I'm, you're not alone. I, I didn't really have a problem with Finn Jones's performance, um, but I, I get it. Like that character, it, it's hard to like the Danny Rand character in both his own show and the Defender show. You know, like he's he's an angry guy, and he's uh, he's got like a, an immaturity to him. I think that's why he says his name so much. Like. You know, I'm the immortal Iron Fist. I'm Danny Rand. You know, um, I think I think that's what I think that's where they're falling short on, on on portraying, and that's why I think people don't get it. Yeah, is because I think people are assuming that he's, you know, he's gone through this training at Kunlun and he's achieved yeah. this 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 level where he should be at some level of maturity, but he really isn't. Yeah, like the way he's eating uh, that that pot sticker when that, when they're at that Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like he's like he's eating like eating it like he's a little kid. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So hey, this is a good this is a good conversation because I think you've tapped upon really why this character is, is generally disliked because he he's sort of immature. He's he's sort of like he's not the Iron Fist that he's supposed to be, and. You know, to me, like, th- that's almost kind of interesting. You know, he, he's sort of a work in progress. You know, he, he, he's, he left Kunlun too early, and he's rough around the edges. You know, he's kind of disrespectful. You know, when he first goes to Colleen Wing's studio in, in, in his own show, he didn't take his shoes off. He, he like, bullies her students. And, and, you know, little things like, you know, eating, eating food, like, like a little kid. <laughs> And th- there, yeah, there is an immaturity to him. That would probably explain why he gets beat up all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he left early and he didn't complete a level of training yeah, that he so should have been. From my perspective, like that, it, I, I think it's kind of like that works for me. Like he's he's like you know how Luke Skywalker left his training with Yoda too early to go save his friends. Like I kind of equate it to that. He's not done. He's not finished his training. He's not. He's not the Iron Fist he 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 should be. You know, but Luke Skywalker's not going around telling everyone he's Luke Skywalker <laughs> the Jedi. Right? This is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's an arrogance to him too, and I, yeah, that really rubs people the wrong way. But to me, I think it's it's that it's it's a it's a character arc. You know, I think he's working his way to to becoming the the Iron Fist he needs to be, but he's not there yet. He's not there yet. You know. Yeah, I mean, and in addition to the the self name dropping, like the thing with focusing on chi, right? In yeah. my opinion, focusing your chi is something where you are 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 balancing like mind and body. So I would imagine it's someone who's focusing internally, right? When when his iron fist comes out, it always comes out 
in more of a fit of rage as opposed to being focused. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like his he's got his own Hulk hand. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not something where he's focused and balanced. Um, it's something that comes out when he's angry. Yeah. yeah and kinda. have you also noticed how he has to always look at his fist before he realizes that the iron fist is out? Yeah. Don't you yeah. think he would know that? <laughs> <laughs> you would think? Come on. But I, I would go back I would go back to the fact that he's he needs to continue to practice, continue to train. He's not quite there yet, you know. I think that's uh, he's working his way toward becoming uh, this this great warrior, this great defender. But he's not he's not quite there. Okay, so um, wait. Let me get a little more to onto his dialogue. Yeah, a lot oh, of his, yeah. See, so like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, there a lot of their dialogue is great. You can tell they're very self aware of what's happening. You know, yeah. when they're talking about dragons, when they're talking about the immortal Iron Fist, they're like, what the hell is yeah. this? You know, it's almost as if it's the audience speaking through them. Um, you know, in, in their world, it makes no sense to them. And so oh, yeah. it, it's really from our perspective. Totally. Like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Iron yeah. Fist and dragons and immortality. So yeah. a, lot of their, a lot of their dialogue is great. But again, Danny Rand's dialogue is very one-sided. I'm... I'm Danny Rand. I'm the immortal <laughs> Iron Fist. I have yeah. one job to do, and that's to defend Kun Lun. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. to defeat the Hand. It's it's just this broken record. Yeah, and you know, it, the 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 dialogue that Iron Fist has is kind of borderline ridiculous. So it's probably difficult to, to deliver those lines, you know, with a straight face. And, because, oh, here's, you know, here's the one thing I couldn't understand either. So he's so convinced with this, this script, this dialogue that he tells everyone that he's Danny Rand. But the moment they say, oh, you know what? We think the hand is going to be using the iron fist as a key to open something. And then he looks completely confused and bewildered and he couldn't buy it. Yeah. So he can buy his own dialogue, but he couldn't buy the fact or the idea that he would be a key that opens some door. <laughs> yeah. It's really strange. It's strange, but you know what? What what is also strange is that you know, it, it's fun that Luke and Jessica are sort of clowning him for like saying these ridic- ridiculous things, but their own origin stories are like pretty out there too, right? For so for them to not buy into his origin, I mean, they're 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 they have superpowers too, and it, <laughs> you know, if you were to tell like a, a normal person off the street, like what they can do, how they became what they became. It's pretty far-fetched also, right? So. Well, I mean, so Luke Cage got his powers. I mean, it's it's a lot of, so Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, um, even Daredevil, a lot of it is kind of rooted in some level of reality, right? Like right. Luke Cage had- Science. It was science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking science, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then <laughs> you start explaining to people, I have this iron fist because I punched the dragon yeah. in the heart. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a good point. Their, right? their it's, origins- it's extreme. Their origins are scientific, whereas Iron Fist's origin is, is like mystical, right? Mm-hmm. It's spiritual. So, hey, you know, it's all fantasy to, to an extent, but I, I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. But yeah, I really enjoy like Jessica Jones' dialogue. Yeah. Luke Cage's dialogue. Daredevil, he's really an extension of his own series in, in yeah. The Defenders, which yeah. is fine by me because I really like Daredevil. I think everyone holds Daredevil as like the first placeholder uh, of, you know, most favorite Marvel Netflix series. Yeah, the, they. I think they were they were smart to make him the, the focal point mm-hmm. uh, of Defenders. So he, he's clearly the main character. It, it's an ensemble piece, but yeah, he, he's, he's the central character, definitely. Yeah. Hey, so speaking of Jessica Jones, man, she she almost stole the show for me. Like she was so good, you know. 
Um, I think there were some cl- complaints about like her not getting enough to do, but I think it worked really well that, like I said, Daredevil's kind of the central character, but Jess- Jessica Jones as as a supporting character is so fucking good. Like she's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like she's just cracking jokes, super sarcastic the whole time. I think like, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of her her own series, but as a supporting character on Defenders, I think she she knocked it out. Of the yeah, park. you know what's cool about Jessica Jones is that she doesn't have to explain to people what she does. You know what she's doing. Yeah. Like that one scene where they're on the subway, it's her, Luke Cage and Daredevil and there's a homeless guy sleeping across yeah. from them. She just gets up, no dialogue. She just gets up. She notices a six pack of beer next to this homeless guy, takes a beer and just chugs it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Then great she scene. looks at the other guys. The guys are looking at her like, what the hell? And she's just like, it's been a long week. Yeah. Great <laughs> like stuff. things like that is great. Like Luke Cage. He's, you know, I, I feel like he's kind of constantly reminding people like, you know, I'm, I'm here for, you know, I want to save my city. Same with daredevil. Um, you, we all know where Danny Rand stands. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're all constantly reminding us of what they're doing and what their mission is. Where Jessica Jones, like you know exactly what she's doing. Yeah, and a lot of it is really just for her own self-preservation. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so many great moments uh, with her. Like I, I mean, I loved her dynamic with Daredevil. Like she's just like making fun of him the whole time <laughs> when she when he finally puts the Daredevil costume on. You know, it's a big moment. We like everyone's we're, everyone was waiting for Daredevil to like don the outfit, right? Yeah, yeah. And she just like she's like rolls her eyes, <laughs> like oh nice ears. <laughs> Man, wouldn't this have been a great opportunity to see Finn Jones in costume, like some kind mm. of costume? I thought that would have been really cool. It's 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 so unbalanced that Daredevil is in full uniform yeah. and everyone is like they just you know they're going to the mall or it, it does stand <laughs> out like the one guy you know uh it is odd and yeah like i'm wondering like is iron fist ever gonna be in costume like are they just ditching that or what you i know? mean at the very least like uh you know like a headband covering his eyes Something, like man yeah. that would be cool yeah like basically all we're getting from the comics visually so far is the glowing fist and and the dragon tattoo mm-hmm. or sorry the dragon brand mm-hmm. it's not a tattoo brand okay <laughs> so let's get that right <laughs> yeah um okay so yeah um maybe i'll get into some of my pluses and minuses so yeah okay so i already started with jessica jones again i can't say enough like she is so great as a supporting character oh one of the lines she said too I forgot what fight scene it was in, but she was just like, am I the only one here that doesn't do karate or kung oh fu my or God. something like that? Yeah, so good. <laughs> that like, was great. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're, what you're saying. She's saying what everyone is thinking, that what the audience is thinking. Mm-hmm. Like she's just like, she's she's our voice, and it, it is she's so spot on, so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and another highlight, sorry. I'm totally cutting you off. No, go ahead. But I really liked how a lot of the supporting characters came in, like Foggy, um, yeah. Uh, oh man, who are Jessica Jones's friends' names? Oh, Trish. Uh, Trish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked how a lot of them they incorporated them in into this storyline yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, Trish and Malcolm, those are the two um, friends on Jessica Jones' side. But yeah, no, all four defenders had had their homies, you know, in the show. You know, we had all uh, in one room, literally. Yeah, literally. And um, it, it initially it seemed like that they were like they were just kind of like in danger and they needed to be needed to be protected but as it turned out like a lot of them helped the defenders too so 
um, those uh, supporting storylines were pretty cool. I think particularly Misty Knight, Colleen Wing, and Claire Temple. They were they were all pretty instrumental in helping the defenders. And um, it'll be cool to see those characters to see what they do for for the for the future. You know. Yeah, Misty Knight especially. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, big spoiler. She gets her arm cut off, right? And that is you know, directly from the comics. In the comics, she, Misty Knight does lose her arm and she gets a bionic arm. So yeah, I was, dude, I was pretty excited to see that. I was like, because I was kind of wondering where that was, you know, all season for Luke Cage season one and it never happens. Like, oh shit, are they just ditching that? But yeah, maybe this is season two. They're doing it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Did you catch the, the last line on the last episode? Um, which line about get Maggie? He's waking up. I did. I did hear that. I didn't understand the reference, but I, I looked it up later. Did, yeah, did you? I did research it. Or? <laughs> so, um, so Maggie is presumably Maggie Murdoch. Mm, so mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be his mother. Right. Um, there were there was some foreshadowing. Uh, there was some there was very little explanation of Matt's mother a lot of a lot of his father is in his own series um but you only hear of his mother through um matt matt's father speaking to her on the phone or speaking of her on the phone um yeah curious to see where this is going to go i think i think frank miller actually wrote the story arc that involves maggie murdoch oh so it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt adapt this yeah yeah definitely and um, yeah, speaking of that last episode, the big shocker was the apparent death of Daredevil. But it was kind of like the not the most non-shocking death ever because no one was buying that Daredevil yeah, <laughs> is no. actually dead, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all know that Daredevil season three is coming, and we all know that you know they're not really gonna kill. Their flagship character. Yeah, not happening. So no. it was. It definitely wasn't a shocking death. The only character in costume potentially died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Wasn't buying it. Um, yeah. You know, that's another thing. Like uh, there was, there were no major deaths. I mean, I. I don't know. Like, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like the threat. Okay, so the 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 overarching threat here didn't feel all that threatening. Yeah. They kept they kept alluding to the the destruction of New York City, the decimation of New York City. Um, that was teased by an earthquake that happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but that never happened. Yeah, it wasn't super clear. Like, what if the defenders weren't able to finish their mission? What would happen? Would would the entire city of New York just collapse or would it just be like this big sinkhole <laughs> you know I think we can ha- handle a big sinkhole you know like it wasn't super clear like what what, what the stakes were you know um, where are the Avengers by the way <laughs> are they off world dude I could not stop thinking like like there's a whole lot of superheroes in this universe like an Iron Man fly by something you know you someone think. can help I think someone can help you know not in the, there's no mention like like stick was gathering the defenders and he's like 
only you four can save the city. Where's Coulson in the dude, Agents of in Shield? My mind is like only these four. Like I don't think so, dude. I think there, there's some more. Just make a phone call, you know. If there was any name dropping that could have happened, I mean that could have happened there. They could have mentioned something like, oh, one of the Avengers aren't going to come by, or yeah, <laughs> like it seems like they're trying to keep Defenders separate from the movies. Um, but I don't see how you could do that, well, though, right? Well, I mean, dude, dude, they mentioned the incident again. Yeah. So clearly they're in that same world. So I would have liked to, like, it's some reference. Like, maybe, you know, Daredevil goes like, oh, this is getting pretty major. Do you think maybe it's it's time to call Iron Man or Captain America? And then maybe Stick saying, like, oh, it's, it's not an option. Yeah, or what about that spider guy? Isn't he close to the ground? Dude, okay. Spider-Man Homecoming. That movie ends with Spider-Man. He, he, he's basically proclaimed himself the street-level hero of New York, right? Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> no, I think Spider-Man would be a big help here. So Even a nod. I think even a nod would have, would have some, gotten some, the crowd something. cheering. Yeah. Give us something. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, we've, 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 had a no- we've mentioned a lot of negatives, but, you know, I think we, we both enjoyed the series to a degree. And there are a lot of highlights for me, you know. Um, you mentioned the, the Luke Cage and Iron Fist first meeting. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think that was so great, man. Like, that's exactly how, like, that, that's exactly how it should have you know, gone. Like I, it couldn't have been any better, you know? I like, wish, I wish Luke Cage would have kept that, that stature of fighting throughout the series. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah like, um, Danny got in some good shots, right? Yeah. Well, one, well, well actually, well, he got in a bunch of shots he got that, in some that shots. didn't affect him. It didn't at all. move him. Yeah. yeah. It didn't throw him. It didn't, yeah. It didn't, uh, didn't push him off his guard. And this is from, you know, a superhero, the iron fist, mm-hmm. you know? So how is it these hand henchmen, are like are are, are are knocking him like back you know <laughs> there was one point in that fight fight scene where luke cage was standing there almost as if he were a wing chun dummy <laughs> and danny rand was just throwing everything he had at him yeah except for the iron fist yes yes he's throwing all kinds of techniques and this is cool man like i, I and i love like the way they, they they the very beginning of the meeting they're like or one of them is like who are you and the other guy's like who are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just so great. I, I loved it. Um, and then, yeah, when when Iron Fist busts out the Iron Fist and actually, you know, knocks Luke Cage into a brick wall, like, oh shit, you know, like, you know, that was that was so good. You know, I, I love it. Um, let's see. And you know, the next episode. So that was uh, episode two. The next episode is episode three, and that's when the defenders finally do come together and fight the hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the best fight sequence. I think so. Right? Yeah, and they highlighted it um, on the trailers, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why in the trailers you saw that fight rather than the the series finale fight. The series finale fight, and we we've mentioned it. It is kind of a it letdown. It felt anticlimactic, right? Dude, it was. Uh, it, it was. First of all, it was really dark. It's hard to see what was happening. Did you notice the one? They tried to do that one continuous take thing that was very signature in Daredevil's series. Yes, where they did this roundabout, like, um, like this three sixty view of yeah. everyone fighting, and it was. Mm-hmm. It, it looked seemingly like one continuous shot. Yeah, and I think while the idea of that was cool, the choreography of that felt a bit short. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
And uh, to add, the, the reference for that shot, yeah, it's, it's like that one scene in, in Daredevil where there, there's no cuts, but it actually resembles more the Avengers where there's this one take where you see the Avengers battling Loki and, and the Chitauri. And the um, but yeah, it, it kind of falls flat because while it's cool to see you know, this one take where all the defenders are fighting, they're just kind of fighting. There's, they're not highlighting their- Their strengths. Their strengths, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah they're kind of just pummeling each other. Yeah, and like, you know, when you see Jessica Jones punching a guy versus Luke Cage versus Iron Fist versus Daredevil, it's all kind of the same thing, but they're, they all have their own strengths and weaknesses and, and uh, it, it's all like, it's all the same, you know? They're, they're not highlighting their powers, which is unfortunate. And, you know? and speaking of that, at that point, Danny Rand was still not using the Iron Fist in that fight sequence, right? It wasn't until... It wasn't until maybe the tail end of the fight yeah. that he finally focuses his chi. Yeah. And he drops the iron fist. And it drops, like, what, 20, 30 guys in one shot? That first punch, like, is, is major. It's you a know? shockwave. Yeah. Which got me thinking, why doesn't he just open with that every <laughs> single time? <laughs> okay. And, and to add on to that, like, his fist continues to glow after that first, like, major punch. But... Subsequently, his fist is still glowing, and he's punching out henchmen. And they, when he hits, those dudes should be—I mean, their heads should be flying. It should off. be like a semi truck. Yeah, and there—it's—it's it's not. So, like, explain that to me. Like, I don't know. Like, again, with the inconsistencies, so it, it is kind of ag- ag- aggravating that way. But so. why doesn't he just open with that fist? It's like, like it's like when Voltron, you know, yes. he'll go the entire fight and then take out his sword at the last second. <laughs> it's the whole Voltron thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like remember open at, with it. at the end of uh, the Iron Fist season where he he slams his fist into the ground and it's so powerful there's these shock waves that everyone flies off their feet. Like something like that. Like yeah, you know, why not open with that? <laughs> or just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the argument that is that he it expends a lot of energy so he has he's got to save it up but yeah i i totally understand what you're saying like why not start with that you know he generally doesn't start with that so uh, but again going back to that office fight you know that one on the flip side was very very well lit you can see exactly what was happening and i thought it did there was cooperation among the defenders like there's that one part where it's Luke Cage and Iron Fist in a boardroom and I love that scene because you saw them working together the hand busts out these like machine guns that's when Iron Fist gets behind Power Man right and you know Luke Cage can take a bullet Iron Fist can't so that's them working together you know and then you know then after they they shoot and nothing happens the bolts bounce off of Luke Cage then Iron Fist comes out does his kung fu thing you know that's that's what this team up should be you know highlighting their strengths and you know like Daredevil is the only one of the four who has a projectile weapon right yeah. his billy club that was not really used at all you know very very little um that should have been highlighted you know jessica jones wh- where does her strength lie she's a private investigator she has this this uh this great perceptiveness you know um that wasn't highlighted you know the more the more that you're explaining to this the more i'm thinking you know what maybe the reason why that didn't happen was because 
they they did just meet, and so there is still some question as to yeah. who yeah. can do what, mm-hmm. and so how can we play to those strengths? Maybe that's maybe that's the angle they were taking. Yeah, you know. Nevertheless, but like, still, it would have been cool. Uh, it would have been yeah. some cool fan service to see them. Absolutely. You know, yeah, diving into the groove that they yeah. that they know best. Absolutely. You know, like like in Winter Soldier, you know, Cap and Falcon. Cap, a uh, Falcon is carrying Cap around. You know, like. Captain America can do a lot of sh- great things, but he can't fly. So use you use your buddy's abilities, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I wanted to see stuff like that, and there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of that. So what do you think of the Daredevil and Iron Fist fight? Okay, that was I listed that as another highlight. I really like that, you know. So I like the fight. Okay, but I think the buildup was a little silly. Right now, that was a point where they were considering like putting Danny in hiding, right? Just to like keep him sequestered, right? Because the, rea- the moment they realized he was a key and that they were trying to acquire him, then the best thing to do was keep him out of sight. Yeah. So so Daredevil wanted to kind of put him away um, for safekeeping, but Iron Fist wanted, he wanted to fight, right? He wanted to go to war. So that, that was the, the point of contention, right? So what you, what, what you thought like, they kind of came to blows maybe too quickly. It was a little forced. I thought the buildup was, I don't, want, I don't know if I, I don't know if typical is the right word, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things where Matt Murdock was like, well, you can't leave, and if you're going to leave, you got to go through me. You know, that's a pretty typical okay. thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So the buildup was kind of predictable, and I'm sure they were trying to think, oh, what's the best way we can get these guys fighting because we yeah. know everyone wants to see this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I thought they could have taken a more unique approach, mm-hmm. but the fight itself was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I think I was just too excited about the potential of that fight, so I understand what you're saying. Maybe maybe it could have been set up a little better, but yeah, man, to see Daredevil versus Iron Fist and it was pretty well done, you know. It was very acrobatic, and it looked cool. So I wanted to keep, I wanted to see it keep going. Like I know, uh, like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones kind of intervened at one point. I was like, let, let them keep fighting, <laughs> back off. You know where I think it would have made sense for Danny and Matt to fight would be if Danny had the opportunity to take out Elektra, but oh. Matt wouldn't want to have that happen, so he would yeah. be protecting Elektra. Like that would be a more realistic situation where they would mm. go to blows. That would be. How awesome would that be? That would have been cool. They yeah. need to hire us. <laughs> Come on. Um, and speaking of other stuff, I, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing. You know, I mentioned the meeting of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, how cool that was. But just the, the, the chemistry between those two characters I thought was really good. Like, I kind of want to see a Power Man and Iron Fist show, you know, like – you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, they've already announced season two of, of both of the individual series, but why not merge the two and just make it like the two? I, I thought they were great together, and that would, I think that there's something there, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I'm curious if uh, Defender season two, I'm sure they're going to do Defender season two, right? I think, I don't think they've announced it, but I, I don't think there's any question that that's going to happen. So, what else? Th- there was that one episode, episode four, that would, it took place entirely in that Chinese restaurant. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, some might say it was a little boring. It was mainly all dialogue, but I thought it kind of set the stage well. You know. Oh, here's here's one thing that stuck out to me too. Yeah. I thought it was cool that that uh, that office building fight in Midland Circle had um, that had happened where Matt 
the he he was the only one that disguised himself. Oh yeah, and I thought yeah. it was cool that he had used Jessica Jones's Jessica Jones's yeah. scarf. As, yeah, that was funny as a disguise. Yeah, uh, but w- what was weird was that previous to that point, she already knew who he was because he walked into an interrogation room, introducing himself as Jessica Jones's lawyer. Yeah, so Jessica clearly knows who he is. Right, and so we're assuming he's putting on this disguise so that no one else can figure out that Daredevil is is Matt Murdock or this lawyer. Yeah. So even after the fight in that office building, he's still continuing to wear Jessica's scarf. And Why? <laughs> I thought that was kind of ridiculous because Jessica already knew who he was. And, I mean, sure, did he want to keep a level of anonymity between him, Luke Cage, and, you know, and Danny Rand, where Jessica Jones could have easily have just outed who he was? It seemed kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, now that you're mentioning it, that it is a little odd. You know, why why continue with this facade, right? <laughs> okay, so we don't want to ramble on too much, but I think I think we're kind of in agreement that we enjoy the show, but it could have been better, and there were a lot of little things that kind of didn't work for us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad, man. I, I was so excited for this, and I think. Yeah, ultimately, there was enough positives to make it an enjoyable experience. But, yeah, can't help but think they could have done things a bit better. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking I feel like things were rushed. Like, I feel that way about Iron Fist. I feel like they needed – it seemed like they were on a schedule to complete Iron Fist so that they could get him into the Defenders. Mm. Um, And I think from Iron Fist to the Defenders, that same – I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Um, I feel like that same rushed mentality had had continued. It's possible, you know. Like it, it's TV. It's it's not movies, you know. So with TV, you got to crank out a lot of content. You know, there's there's several several hours. You know, th- we're not we're not talking about like a two hour stretch. You know, this is episode after episode. So with TV, I mean, you got to let it slide a little bit. If things feel a little rushed, I get it. But this is the Defenders, man. This is like the culmination. Yeah, and, and it was just eight episodes. It was so that just leads, that eight leads, episodes. That leads me to believe that maybe things were just rushed and they were trying to fit a schedule. But, yeah, if you're giving me eight episodes, that tells me, like, okay, you're going to cut down a little bit and give us some quality. You know, we're, we're paring it down. We're, we're cutting it. We're cutting off five episodes, you know, from, from the other shows. It's got to be... It's, I expected some higher higher quality here, so let's put it that way. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to Game of Thrones. Yeah. So Ooh, yeah. already, <laughs> you don't want to talk about the uh, the uh, the Easter egg dialogue in uh, Defenders. Well, there were some like there were some nice nods to this the the individual series, like at the tail end when Jessica Jones was asking Luke Cage, "You want to get some coffee?" and he kind of gave her this look <laughs> or again another interaction with jessica jones and luke cage where he happens to just fall on top of her yeah and it's <laughs> it's a it's a call to jessica's show yeah. uh where they hook up yeah cool yeah no there's yeah dude uh that was sprinkled i think all over not just, not just luke cage and jessica jones but a lot of that dialogue that called out each of their individual series was sprinkled throughout yeah 
the defenders, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. before, yeah, it seems like we've kind of gone into a lot of negative territory. But, yeah, let's, I mean, there was, a, there were a lot of great little moments. Like, yeah, those little moments between Jessica and Luke were great. Um, th- th- the very beginning, there's this great scene between Matt Murdock and this disabled kid. And it was really, it was really powerful, you know. It was a really strong statement about, about um, disabled people and very strong. You know, similarly, there was a scene where Luke Cage calls out Danny Rand's privilege. Very cool stuff, you know, very progressive, you know. Um, and just like a sprinkled, like great moments sprinkled throughout, you know. Um, I feel like just overall, Things could have been better, but yeah, in terms of moments, there are a lot of awesome moments here. And yes, th- and yes, there were some great callbacks to to the the shows. You know, the five seasons of these superheroes to date. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. Okay, on to Game of Thrones. Winter is here, so yeah. So we don't want to do like a full episode recap. It's just that because this is going to happen every week. I know until next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the season finale is is this coming weekend. We're definitely going to talk about it. Uh, so, and you know, like I said, we don't every week we don't want to talk about Game of Thrones, but at the same time, season seven, season season seven, episode six, we can't just let it go by without talking about it because some major shit happened here as well, right? So um, this one was called Beyond the Wall, and it featured the Night King slaying one of Daenerys' dragons. You know, fucking amazing, you know? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so... You would have thought that she would have learned from the last encounter that her dragons are not, you know, completely impervious. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that the fact that she has that knowledge and she knows her dragons aren't completely invulnerable, you know, I think that maybe added some stakes. You know, she wasn't flying north of the wall like with that same swagger. She, she knows there's some danger, you know? Her dragons can be hurt. Um, and, and in this episode, one got killed. Yeah. You know the name of the dragon, right? Yeah, I believe the dragon is named Viserion. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one who was killed. So. Oh man, <laughs> went out in, in grand fashion too. Yeah. The Night King taking his time to aim that Hail Mary shot and Mm -hmm. he nails it yeah yeah that was pretty interesting like he that that throw was like a javelin throw essentially right that was (laughs) a Tom Brady like (laughs) it was a fucking bullseye like Hail Mary like like home run you know we talked about that scorpion catapult thing like how it's like oh it's not heat seeking you know like the, the Night King's javelin, it seemed to be heat-seeking <laughs> because it was, like, almost impossibly accurate, you know? Did you, did you notice how he took his time to take out the flying, moving target of a dragon yeah. as opposed to the landed Drogon where everyone was boarding on top of his back right, to right. exit? Yeah. He went for the more impossible shot <laughs> versus the layup. It was odd, you know, like, was he just kind of showing off or what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, he definitely went for the three-pointer. But, like, it, in my mind, going for Drogon is a smarter move because not only do you kill the bigger dragon, it's an easier shot, seemingly, but also you're kind of 
keeping all of these Westeros people grounded, right? Yeah. So why not kill that dragon? And you you're know? killing the senior dragon. Yeah. Right? The I other dragon. Don't the other dragons like look up to Drogon because it's it's Danny's favorite? Yeah, I don't know. So, so that highlight. That's one highlight, or maybe low light. But one thing that I wanted to point out is just kind of a. A, a storytelling flaw. Like, why didn't he kill that dragon? Also, maybe there's a reason. There's, there's got to be a reason. Maybe I so, don't know. someone, someone boarding Drogon needs to survive, and I think the Night King needs to acquire this person. Presumably, it was John, but they didn't take him. They left him sinking in the water. Yeah, they left him to die. So that's what I was thinking that they wanted to capture him because I remember in the past the Night King had looked upon Jon Snow with some interest, right? In the the hard home episode, you know, he looked upon him like like that guy, like the force is strong with this one, some shit like that, right? So you know what I think it is. What did you take a look at the senior leadership of the Night King and all of his, you know, yeah, senior the, level yeah, guys? The White Walkers. They're all guys. Maybe they want Danny. They want a female among their <laughs> ranks. It's, it's sausage fest is like too much. We got to get some ladies in <laughs> they here. They need to diversify. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So okay. Other okay. So this was a very intense episode. Very entertaining. But you know, I gotta say there there are a lot of like like little storytelling glitches. You know, like okay, how the hell did Daenerys get up past the wall so fast? So essentially, when Jon Snow and his <laughs> his crew were running away yeah. from White Walkers, okay, the the, the time it took. It, was, it didn't make any sense. The timeline didn't make any sense. So Gendry had to get all the way back to Eastwatch, send a raven. The raven's got to get all the way to Dragonstone. Daenerys receives it, makes the decision to fly all the way north of the wall. Like, how long does that take? It's got to well, be, like, I mean, weeks, we right? We can start with Gendry. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever tried running in the snow before? Yeah. In, in rough terrain? Yeah. With, like, nothing on your back? It's not easy. At high elevation, <laughs> it's impossible. He wasn't wearing snowshoes. They were hiking for what? I, I want to say the better part of a day, maybe two days? It seemed days? like a long-ass walk. I yeah. can't remember. Did they camp anywhere? From the moment they left the wall to the destination they got stuck at, did they camp somewhere? Not that I saw. So are we to assume that the destination they had made, they had made it within a day? Let's let's say conservatively, okay, yeah, conservatively. like a day, like a, like a, a day trip. And to the point where they had gotten to, you know they're tired. Yeah. Right? They haven't had any rest. Yeah. They, they, they had to take uh, some breaks. They stopped at cer- certain points. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, the, the, so when – oh, what's his name? Uh, the bearded guy that likes Brienne. Um, oh, yeah. Is it Tormund? Tormund? I think that's his name, yeah. Okay. When he was like – when he was telling Gendry, give me your hammer. You can run faster. Yeah. I think that's, that was the call to us saying, <laughs> okay, he's going to be the Flash now. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just like, just go with it, man. He's the fastest. He's not holding a hammer. You know, like you're not yeah. encumbered. You can run like <laughs> the wind. Maybe he had a good tailwind. I don't know. Maybe uh, you'd be surprised what adrenaline can do because they they looked scared and there were a lot of White Walkers. Yeah. Okay, and that's just Gendry. Like that's him getting to East Watch, right? They, never mind. But he though. was he was exhausted when by the, he, he didn't was even, he didn't even make it to the he made it to the footstep of the wall, and luckily someone noticed him and opened up yeah. the doors and Davos. brought him in. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I'll give you that one. You know, I'll give you that one. But then you still got to send a raven, 
and you still got to wait for Daenerys and her three dragons to show up. I mean, how that's got to take a long time. Come on. This is the this is the, they're traversing like all of Westeros, you know? They the, the Dragonstone is way down there, right? So yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have secret email addresses we don't know about. <laughs> maybe those ravens. Or maybe those ravens got really good tailwind. Fucking fast, yeah. Yeah, and maybe Drogon and the dragons, like, maybe they got a good tailwind as well. Maybe they got Nos, you know? I don't know. <laughs> but it was a very short timeline between all that happening. Yeah, it, it, at the, at, to the point where it was just kind of ridiculous. But what's good about that is that it does not drag the story down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's been this whole season. They've been moving things along really quickly, which is cool. It's exciting, but just as, you know, as a storytelling point, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And not only within the context of the season, but maybe more so within the context of the entire series. In the entire series, it takes a long time to get from one place to the other, right? Not for Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> yeah, for some people, like Rob Stark, for example, it took him <laughs> fucking forever to get through Westeros, you know, but for like someone like Theon, Euron Greyjoy with his ships, like... I think he's tele- He's like the he's the Nightwing, or the night uh, Nightcrawler of, of the series here. He's teleporting. <laughs> yeah. Someone's teleporting, yeah. So, but, you know, a uh, little, you know, annoyances like those aside it was a pretty great episode yeah I, I didn't mind exciting. i didn't mind those too much the timeline thing i that's fine i'll swallow that pill <laughs> i mean so on one hand this is a world where dragons exist <laughs> this is a world where you know smoke babies can kill people and you know there there's fire swords and stuff uh so i guess you gotta let some stuff slide but you know it kind of irked me a little bit the timeline yeah. So let's rewind back to the dialogue between Sansa and Arya. Oh yeah, yeah. Creepy. Man, it's uh Sansa felt threatened by Arya. Yeah, yeah. I really like this scene because you know, Arya has always been this heroic figure, right? But there's absolutely a dark side to her now, you know. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of when in Walking Dead, uh Rick and company arriving at Alexandria. So th- these are the heroes of the show, right? The heroes of the show find their safe place. But from the perspective of the people of Alexandria, they're the enemy. They're the dangerous ones, you know? I, and I love it when you just get that, that, that shift, you know? And it, it's a similar shift here. Arya is not this innocent, sweet little girl anymore. She's a danger, you know? What I'm trying to figure out is what what is Arya's reason for this? What is the reason for her to threat her sister? The only thing I can think of is that Littlefinger, he, he's got influence on her now. Like, he's saying the right things, and he's he's making Arya, like, really, like, go against her sister you know he's i mean he's he's that's his thing right if he's got a skill it's it's influence so that's the thing so okay if 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 aria is trying to accomplish taking down or influencing Littlefinger by going through sansa why doesn't she just go directly to Littlefinger and threaten his ass (laughs) (laughs) i can tell you (laughs) Uh, that's yeah that's something that i'm trying to wrap my my head around yeah not sure but it made made for a very unexpected and intense scene. Like there were some moments there that it seemed like Arya was gonna kill her sister, like right then and there. You know, it was it was it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, okay, so let's talk about uh, expectations. You know, we're right on the doorstep 
of the season finale. Oh wait, hold on. Know? Let's let's talk about oh. Jon Snow and the the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that yeah, gets yeah. stuck on that rock. Oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a buildup, man. Yeah. So yeah, they um they come across some White Walkers. Yes. And uh, they eventually find themselves in a situation where they're surrounded. No mm-hmm. escape from these White Walkers. Yep. And they manage to find refuge on a rock that yep. sits in the middle of a lake mm-hmm. that is on thin ice. Yep. And that is the only thing shielding them from death. Exactly. Imminent death. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty cool setup. What do you, know. you what do you think of uh, what do you think of that scene with Klegon? A lot of people are blaming uh, is it Klegon? Oh, the, Klegon? the hound, right? The hound. A lot of people are blaming him for the start of the attack when he throws <laughs> those rocks. You think the outcome would have been I different mean, yeah. had he not thrown that rock that showed the White Walkers that oh the ice is not thin anymore? Well, look, you know, ultimately they all were able to escape. You know, they're all able to survive. You know, minus the dragon. Um, but that that whole episode was about like timing, like the dragons getting there in time. Yeah, the moment they're surrounded, though, you're you already know there's no way out of this. Absolutely, there not. is no way out of this. No escape. Yeah. So you know that's maybe what he was thinking. You know, like I mean, he was probably bored. He's just standing there, like oh shit, I guess I'll just like have chuck some, some rocks. fun while I'm at it. <laughs> yeah, but him doing that, they they lost like precious moments. You know, if he hadn't have thrown those rocks, they probably would have had, you know, at least a few more minutes, maybe like a couple more hours mm-hmm. before like the battle started. Um, and those, those, uh, that, that just that little bit of time is so critical. So yeah, you, you could, I mean, look, look, ultimately none of them died, but like, let's say one of them died. Tormund came really close to getting killed. Like if he died, then his death, I, I would, yeah, I would say that the Hound would be responsible. What do you think of those flaming swords? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I was kind of pissed. Like last week, episode after episode five, you know, they did the next week on. They showed the fucking flaming swords on the preview. Yeah, full glory. Yeah, dude. Like, like save that, man. Like, I, I that totally spoiled me. Like, if I had seen that, like for the first time in the episode, it would have been super exciting, but I, I kind of knew it was coming. I thought so. it was cool, but I feel like, I feel like the use of that sword fell a little short. So Jon Snow's Longclaw, that sword is its own character in itself. Oh yeah. Smashing through White Walkers. How cool is yeah. that? Right? So that episode on a previous season where he destroys a White Walker, it, it was like a holy shit moment, right? There wasn't any holy shit moment with those flaming swords. In fact, those flaming swords, as it turned out, I, there wasn't a huge, advantage with those right i mean light up the darkness what else is it doing i mean like they they weren't they didn't seem particularly more effective than like the dragon glass weapons right so they didn't keep them like they didn't warm them up you know they still like like froze right so yeah oh that's right why didn't they use the swords to keep them warm right (laughs) yeah that one dude died from from freezing right so i don't know dang Share that sword, man. Spread the yeah, love. Yeah, dude. They have they had fire heat. right at their hands. They could have had a barbecue while they were yeah, waiting. Exactly. So, <laughs> but okay. yeah, I mean, like, uh, and a light in the darkness. In comes Daenerys with mm-hmm. all three of her dragons coming yeah. to save the day. It had very much the same feel as uh, the the uh, the spoils of war episode. Yeah. When yep. they come in and they just tear through 
tear through their enemies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this time around, uh, Daenerys is wearing a nice, cool-looking fur coat. Yep, she's got her winter wear. Prepared for the wind, yep. prepared for the cold. <laughs> and uh, they save the day. Yes, yes, indeed. But, yeah, we lose one of the dragons. Yeah, at what cost? They lost one of the three. We lose one of the dragons. Hey, you know, another thing I was thinking, you know, people are saying, oh, well, the dragons are really fast. That's how they got north of the wall in time to save him. But they couldn't have been they couldn't have been going that fast because Daenerys I mean she wasn't she didn't have any like a helmet or goggles on, you know? <laughs> like she couldn't have been going that fast. Yeah, to how, does her hair, that tri- how does her hair still stay that nice? <laughs> yeah, perfect hair. She's looking, you know, cute, you know, like I don't know, man. It's kinda silly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well oh here's another thing too. Why why? Why didn't? Why was there no threat to uh, the Night King? Like, yeah, they were they were taking down the the immediate threat to the circle of guys on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Night King was that far away from everybody. Yeah, you know, no I, fire went their way. They were kind of in this safe bubble. I was thinking the same thing. I almost thought at the very end of that battle that Jon Snow would, had an opportunity to hop on Drogon, and then he was going to turn around. And he's like, wait. This is our chance to end this war. Let's take a shot at the Night King, you yeah. know? Because, yeah, like you said, he, was, he wasn't far away. And, you know, maybe have a Drogon swoop in and take uh, his Valerian steel and take out the leader. He even said it, right? If you take out the leader, if you take out the Night King, then presumably all of the White Walkers, all of the Whites will... Will, will fall. Yeah, they're like a Wi-Fi network, right? Take <laughs> out the router and lose the signal. Right, exactly. But that didn't happen. No. So. Yeah, so that that leads us to what next, you know? So Jon Snow, he, after everyone has boarded Drogon, it's like, you guys take off, I'll hold them down. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, that wasn't my immediate takeaway. It almost seemed like he wanted to die there. That's what it seemed like to me. Like, why isn't he just jumping on on Drogon? Did did he say, did he whisper, protect the city to Daenerys? (laughs) (laughs) I, I got a different take. Like I thought he was trying to escape. He just he couldn't. So what it what, what it seemed what it apparently what he was doing was he was warding off the immediate zombies that were there yeah. so that they could take off. Oh, to, okay. Like so a, that he yeah. could open up, uh, you know, uh, a, a launch pad for Drogon to fly off. Oh, okay. Right. So that's yeah. I think that's what was intended. I could see that. I could see that. Um, but yeah, as it turned out. He was not able to get on the dragon, and it seemed like, again, Jon Snow was going to die, and he he did not. He did not. And here's another problem I had. So very conveniently, Jon Snow is saved again, this time by Uncle Benjen. Okay, here's my issue with why don't you just start off with that. Why didn't they just start off with that? Why didn't Benjamin <laughs> just show up? If everyone else conveniently yeah. showed up, how come he couldn't have conveniently exactly. showed up early on? Distract the White Walkers, give them an opening, and they could escape. Yeah, and the the rebuttal to that, of course, is, well, maybe he just showed up then. But the problem there is, again, storytelling. Really convenient that he just so happens to show up right in the nick of time, right? So it's just it's just really far-fetched. You know, it seems silly. Like, he did the same thing with Bran, he saved Bran just in the nick of time. So this guy just shows up at the perfect time, and it's just a little silly. A little silly. A little too convenient. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is Benjen done? He's a cool character. Yeah, man. I, I see mean, it sure back. seems like he's, he's done. I want to see him come back, dude. His character is so cool. Well, the, the way that 
he saved the day. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he just pops up again, you know? So it could happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he just, they ended it with him getting swarmed. He didn't get some big, I don't know. Did it seem like a, a satisfying end for Benjen's character? Hey, it's true. Usually when shows like this, you know, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, when a character really goes away, they go out in like spectacular fashion, right? Um, and so we maybe, didn't, yeah, we didn't yeah. see that here, right? So maybe we'll see him fight another day. Who knows? And you know, I would love to continue this conversation, but we're going kind of long on this episode. So let's wrap it up. Let's let's okay, we'll save it for the finale. Yes, the we'll save it. Finale. We'll save it. All right. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from Henry and Rainier. See you guys.